yes and rather than being in this camp mentality where it has to either be you or me. It has to either be my conservative perspective or your liberal perspective and there's no room for the gray area. Again, this type of thinking is what has got us into the place of people doing outrageous things because this either or thinking has an energy of invalidation. It has an energy of plugging your ears and saying, I can't hear you to the other person, right? Literally shutting someone else down that doesn't exactly align with our way of thought or our way of seeing things. And this also disregards the fact that there are so many different perspectives in our society. There are so many different experiences, right? So we as individuals could never possibly know what a good solution for the whole is on our own. It takes collaboration, right? It takes this yes and, right? It takes this both and mentality. Hello and welcome back to the Let's Talk Nuance podcast. I am your host, Kira Louise, and today we're discussing a concept called both and. Some people also may refer to this as or know this as yes and. So the both and theory is something that has really revolutionized the way that I see everything in our society, right? Both and is a theory that really validates the complexities of being a human being, especially in the reality that we are in today, but really just a human being in general. So to kind of give you an introduction of both and, and what both and thinking um, entails, I wanted to read an excerpt from this article that I found on psychology today by a woman named Sarah Epstein, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is an article called what is both slash and thinking how two words can change your outlook and your relationship with yourself. In this article, she mainly discusses both and thinking from the context of relationships and emotional intelligence. And I and this is valid and this is something that I want to bring in first. And I want to draw the parallel to this way of thinking to our current day society and how it kind of affects the way that we communicate um, or lack thereof and how that has some pretty intense consequences for our future if we don't get a handle on it. So both and, I'm going to read you a little excerpt of this article. So both and's approach to emotional experiences. So Sarah says, both and says you can and almost certainly will feel more than one thing at a time. You can feel both grateful and resentful of the pressures of parenthood. You can feel both exhilarated by a high-powered position and overwhelmed by the sacrifices that it demands. You can feel both appreciative to stay home with your kids and trapped by its routines. You can both love your career and wish you had more time with your family. You can feel both ambitious and content. Both and honors the full complicated reality that life presents. In another paragraph, she explains making room for everyone's pain. And so in this paragraph, she says, in addition to making room for multiple emotions, both and makes room for multiple people's experiences, regardless of whose is, quote, worse. 
instead of downplaying our experiences because somebody else has it worse, meaning either I can feel pain or they can, and since theirs is worse, I should be fine. Both and says that both that both of you can feel what you feel and there is room for everybody's pain. So both and is kind of the opposite way of thinking from either or thinking. So what Sarah says in this article is in an either or world, the mother with access to childcare should only feel gratitude and contentment because after all, there are single mothers out there working two jobs. But pain and suffering are not pie, Sarah says. There is room for both women's struggles without comparison. Someone else's cancer does not make your flu less difficult. It just means that somebody else has cancer. They are both true and can coexist without one lessening the other. So in the next paragraph, Sarah says something super important. She says, Somewhere along the way, either or became a dominant cognitive paradigm. We learned that our experience was singular and linear. We could only feel one thing at a time. We also learned that in the face of others' pain, there isn't room for our own. And Sarah and I both agree that this is just not so. From my perspective, this either-or thinking also can also be related to the political structure that we are in currently um, in America. And it it reaches far beyond politics, right? This is also something that reaches into just our everyday thinking and the way that we kind of operate and perceive things, facilitate conversation. And I want to give you a couple of examples, both political and non-political, to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what this both and thinking might look like in everyday life and the consequences of it. Okay, so an example of both and thinking or let's go an example of either or thinking first and then kind of explain how to shift it into both and. So either or thinking. An example of this would be, say you see someone who you perceive to be overweight. When you look at that person, you are conditioned to automatically assume that that person is also unhealthy that maybe they choose chips and soda over uh, veggies and protein shakes, right? Um, You may think that this person doesn't work out, or at least if you see them at the gym, you might assume that they are an amateur, that they don't know what they're doing. There's just a whole world of assumption that comes with seeing just the appearance of someone And those assumptions come off of these societal beliefs that we latch onto, which are oftentimes disregarding the nuance and complexity of just being a human being. So in this certain circumstance, if you see someone who's overweight or you perceive to be overweight, you perceive them to be unhealthy... So an example of both and thinking in this circumstance is this person can both be overweight and eat a very healthy diet because the reality of it is each human being has this thing called bio-individuality and each human being has their own specific body type and certain body types 
require certain strategies of consuming macros, right? Consuming protein, carbs, fat. Each body type requires certain a certain fitness routine. Um, just in general, a healthy body requires a certain amount of sleep and water and requires a generally low-stress lifestyle. All of these things, if they're out of whack, if a person isn't getting enough water or is in a very high-stress work environment or maybe has recently sustained an injury, right? Any of these details could contribute to what this person's body looks like. But them being what you perceive as overweight does not also mean that they are unhealthy. It does not also mean that they don't know anything about working out or they don't know how to work out properly. Like I'll give myself as an example. I sustained a back injury about a year and a half ago and that back injury made it so that I wasn't able to go to the gym and work out. It hurt. Everything hurt, right? I couldn't lift anything. I certainly couldn't go to the gym and work out. It hurt to walk. It hurt to stand. It hurt to sit. It hurt to lay down. It was excruciating. And during this time, I ended up gaining some weight. And when I went back to the gym and started relearning really how to work out, although I have been a fitness instructor in the past, right? I have been someone who's who's been dedicated to fitness um, for multiple years in my life. I have a very good foundational understanding of certain types of fitness. But if we're going off of this either or thinking and you're going to the gym and you see myself, you might think that I don't know anything about working out or fitness or that I eat a very sloppy, unhealthy diet or whatever else assumptions come with this. So my point being that this either or thinking gets us into the state of assumption. It gets us into the state of either it's this or it's that and there's nothing in between. And when we're in this place, it's very, very easy. It's, it's inevitable to misunderstand circumstances and to neglect the nuances of circumstances, which are very important to understand because our, if our, our main way of thinking and our way of life is assuming things, then we are going to incorrectly make judgments on everything around us, which can have a whole host of consequences, right? So let's give some politi- a political example of this, this both and thinking or yes and thinking versus either or thinking. So something that's super topical at the moment is gun rights and gun violence, right? If you're someone who falls into more of a conservative camp, you're in the matrix of the political system and you fall into the more conservative camp, you may believe that we, that our second amendment rights should be preserved and the government should, there should be maybe no more adjustments to the second amendment, right? You think that it's that that good people should have more guns so that they can protect other good people from the bad people, right? This is an oversimplification, but just for the sake of this conversation. And if you maybe find yourself in the more liberal camp, 
you are more likely to assume that or or take the opinion that we should have less guns and we should have more rules on those guns. And if we have less guns in the society, then there would be less gun violence, right? In reality, you have, you know, a person all the way on your left and then you have a person all the way to the right. In reality, the truth or the solutions usually lie somewhere in between those two perspectives. And this is why yes and thinking is so important. Because if we are to create real solutions in our society, then we have to be willing to entertain and be willing to seek to understand perspectives outside of our own, right? We have to seek to pull ourselves outside of these extreme presumptuous ways of thinking, these polar polarities, these opposites, and we have to find ourselves communicating with those who don't necessarily agree with us to find some kind of commonality, some kind of middle ground so that we may find a solution, right? So in the gun debate, rather than saying more guns and less government or less guns and more government, why do we not discuss both? What does it look like to both preserve our second amendment, which is a right, and to validate those who believe that, right? Because I believe that that is a a very valid point. It is a a constitutional right. And acknowledge that we have a problem in our country. And the problem, if we can all just acknowledge the problem is coming from, right? Poor mental health. People who are not feeling validated in their experiences. People who are not feeling seen and heard, right? And so therefore they act out in these really gruesome ways. And so yes and thinking would have us considering how we can meet in the middle, right? Yes, we want to preserve the second amendment for those who are responsible gun owners. Yes, we want those who are good people willing to use their guns to protect the masses from the odd people who are not good people and have their hands on guns. And yes, and we can agree that more strict background checks or more in the way of the processes to get your hands on a gun in terms of mental health, etc., is important. This is an example of yes and thinking. Two things that that we perceive to be opposite can be true at the same time. We can both keep the second amendment and allow people to have their guns and acknowledge that we have a problem in our country that needs to be solved. And therefore, what we have been doing is not working. So some adjustments need to be made. Yes, and. Rather than being in this camp mentality where it has to either be you or me. It has to either be my conservative perspective or your liberal perspective. And there's no room for the gray area. Again, this type of thinking is what has got us into the place of people doing outrageous things. Because this either-or thinking has an energy of invalidation. It has an energy of plugging your ears and saying, I can't hear you to the other person, right? Literally shutting someone else down that doesn't exactly align with our way of thought or our way of seeing things. And this also disregards the fact that there are so many different perspectives in our society. There are so many different experiences, right? So we as individuals could never possibly know what a good solution for the whole is on our own. It takes 
collaboration, right? It takes this yes and, right? It takes this both and mentality. Yes, what you're saying is valid. And let me offer a few more pieces of information that maybe you are missing because your life experience is different than mine. And my life experience is valid too. So I have these things to offer to the conversation. That is the, that is yes and or both and communication in action. Yes and thinking or both and thinking is not, there's no energy of defensiveness. There's no energy of I'm right and you're wrong. Those are traits of either or thinking. And again, when we're in this energy of I'm right, you're wrong, I'm here to invalidate you and to reiterate my point, we're coming from a place of ego rather than from the heart. The heart is here to create solutions for the whole so that we all may feel peace and cohesion. The ego is here to prove a point. The ego is the energy of it's either you or it's me. There's a winner and there's a loser. I see this more egoic way of approaching things as the old way, right? The way that got us to where we are now. The way that lead, led humanity to war and killing and destruction, right? Because back in the day, that's kind of what was perceived as the only way. It's either you or it's me. We can't we can't live in harmony. But if you look at certain ancient cultures or older cultures like Native American tribes, like Buddhists, right? There's a very communal aspect to things. It is a a common respect and a common understanding and that that allows for complexity. It allows for acknowledgement of differences and celebration of differences rather than it's either you or it's me. This rather than this push and pull. We have been wasting so much energy in our society on this tug of war over ideas. And where has that led us? To the same exact place that we've been this whole time, right? Our political system is such a good example of this. We have a Democrat in power, and then the next term we have a Republican in power, and then the next term we have a Democrat in power, and then the next term we have a Republican in power. You know, sometimes like it's a little bit different than that, but for the most part, it's just push and pull this this tug of war. We have control now, you have control, and we have control now, you have control. And when the one party has control, they do as they push as much through as they can on their agenda. And then the next party has control and they push as much through as they can on their agenda. And what happens? We waste a lot of freaking time. Okay. We waste a ton of energy and we continue to argue as civilians over these things that we're going around and around in circles over for decades, right? All for those things to keep changing and going backwards and going forwards. There's no real progress in this right? Because what is the underlying theme? Either or. It's either us Republicans or you Democrats. And while we're in power, we're going to do everything we can to destroy what you did because we are right and you are wrong. And again, this keeps us in this perpetual cycle. Perpetual, right? Never going to get out of it. If we continue to uphold these values of either or thinking internally as individuals, we are going to continue to see that reflected in our society and our leadership. 
But if we as individuals adopt a new way, if we as individuals adopt this both and thinking, we start to see the perspective of people who we perceive as unlike us. We start to listen to those, um, you know, say that you're really triggered by conservative media. A good practice would be start listening to conservative media and breathe. Do your best not to react, not to disprove, etc. Just observe. This is a really good practice because what are you doing? You are allowing a different narrative than your own to infiltrate your brain, your mental. Doesn't mean you have to accept it. Doesn't mean that you have to believe it. But what you're doing is you're allowing a different perspective to live inside your energy. And that allowing makes space for you to do so in person with other humans who likely have something to share with you that you didn't consider before. And this is super valuable. And what's really magical about this is if we start opening ourselves up to this type of thinking, if we start to open ourselves up to this type of communicating, then we feel more heard as well. Because when we consider the perspectives of those we perceive unlike us, they're more likely to consider our perspective as well. And then what happens? Everyone learns a little something and everyone can kind of start to see each other's points. And when we see each other's points, we can again create common solutions for the whole that reflect the well-being of the whole rather than creating solutions to destroy another so that we can prevail. (sighs) All right. I think that that is all I have to say on this topic of both and thinking. If you have any questions on this topic, I know this is super complex. Please don't hesitate to comment. Uh, if you're on YouTube, comment down below. Um, or if you're on Instagram, find us on Let's Talk Nuance podcast and drop a DM. I'm always open for conversation especially when it's challenging conversation. I think it benefits all of us to keep the conversation going and to, again, start considering things that we are programmed to reject so that we can all grow and evolve together. Thank you again for tuning into the Let's Talk Nuance podcast. My name is Kira Louise, and I'll talk to you next time.